Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Continue reacting to the Andrew Berry press conference today, and uh, it was very Confucius-like. It was very, you know, I felt like I was, uh, are we in a NFL press conference? Are we in maybe some sort of Buddhist presentation? I appreciated it. I know it sounds like I'm being sarcastic because I am, but I did appreciate it. There are a lot of things. Listen, he actually said things today when he was not saying things, right? It's all about when they don't say something that you know they could be saying something. That's my uh, that's I've read the uh, I've read some Buddhist works before. That's what I took away from that. But we got Mary Kay coming up in about twenty minutes here, and one of the things that he said or didn't say anything about uh, that being Andrew Barry Brown's GM was the status of Nick Chubb going forward, including his health and his contract. I probably came into this year, let's say on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of respect for Nick Nick Chubb, it was a 10. And probably coming out of this year, it's now a 20. You would have never guessed that Nick was out for the season with how he operated within the building. I mean, it was like he was doing two-a-day practices, you know, for rehab. He's still very early in his rehab process, but like the tenacity at which he has attacked his rehab and which, you know, he did everything in his power this year to heal himself, but also make a positive impact with the team. It culminated. You guys know he's not like a super um, talkative person, but for him to do the whole Batman thing, you know, in, in front of the, the Jets game, it's like he wanted to do everything in his power to help the team win. So in terms of Nick moving forward, you know, obviously I understand that's a, a little bit the elephant in the room. You know, Nick, I can say for myself, no one in the organization, I understand our family. Nobody wants to see, you know, that carry in Pittsburgh, you know, be the last time he carries the ball for the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, obviously there are things that we'll have to work through, but, you know, that would not be our intention as well, we, we obviously will work to keep him on the team. What was uh, fascinating about this is I had Twitter open while listening to this on the free Odyssey app. And as I was looking at the responses, this was like uh, Andrew Barry's Yanny or Laurel moment because half the people that I saw on social media heard him say, uh, Nick Chubb's not leaving. It's the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not believing. And the other half... The show goes on. Heard it's going to be really tough to keep Nick Chubb. I am part of the first crowd. Like, I heard, like, yeah, we're really committed to try and keep him here. Obviously, it's a process. There's a lot of things that goes into it. But that's more what I took. Were you Yanny or Laurel on this? Um, I I believe it was pink, not blue. Mm -hmm. 
Um, All right, I don't know what that means in specific to this. Whether oh, that's, is the, he, remember the dress thing? Is it no, 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 I, no, I remember that. What I meant was, does that mean you think they're going to do everything they can to keep him? or They're going to keep him. Okay, there you go. There All you right, go. there we go. That, that's what, oh, that's what you wanted to hear. Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha, yes. okay. Well, oh, I was no, just, I, I was I just trying to, you know, come I got up with you. my... I got you. I liked it. So sometimes the wheels get stuck. Yeah. No, no, no. You know? I understood. I just didn't know what pink okay. or blue meant in oh, this. God. I was going to get to that part. Oh, okay. But, you know, it's okay. Well, you're free uh, to now. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, they're, they're going to try and keep Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and the tough part for the Browns is from a cap perspective. He's scheduled to make a little over $12 million this year in the final year of his contract. If they were to cut him, it would be a salary cap savings of about $11.8 million in change. Um, so I think that the, the way for them to do this is to restructure his contract. He's not going to be available come training camp. He probably will not be available week one. Remember, this is the second time that he has had a major surgery on that knee. That's the same knee that he had to have rebuilt when he was at Georgia. Mm -hmm. So he had to have the MCL, the ACL, and his meniscus in two separate procedures after that Pittsburgh game to get him back together. Um, So the fact that he may not be available until the middle of the season, I say what they will do is find a way to do right by him to help him get his money, but also at the same time, protect themselves, lower their salary cap liability. And to me, the easiest way to do that is to go to Nick and do a little bit of a restructure with an extension so that he signed at least through next year. Because there's no doubt, and Barry talked about it in the clip that we just played, there's absolutely no doubt that this guy, similar to Deshaun, Deshaun's in the same boat. They're both working their tails off in the rehab game right now to get themselves back ready to go as soon as possible. That's not in dispute. Mm -hmm. What is, what are they going to look like when they're back on the field? Mm -hmm. You know, what is Nick, what is Nick Chubb going to look like when he's, when he is healthy again? Is he, can he be the same explosive bulldozer that he has been since he was drafted in 2018? That though is a major question mark. And that's where the, double-edged sword playing both sides against the middle for Andrew Barry comes in. He has a fiduciary responsibility to protect the team, both in cash and cap, while at the same time he wants to do right by a guy that deserves to be done right by, that is beloved by the fans, that's beloved by the organization, beloved in the locker room. When he speaks, people listen, because this just in, yes, it's true, Nick Chubb doesn't say much, but when he does speak, it's important. So that's that's the spot that Andrew Barry finds himself in right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's this concern that, you know, his agent could balk at any sort of, of move here. And it's like, I think NFL agents are smart enough when it comes to 27-year-old running backs in the NFL, let alone them coming off their second major knee reconstruction that I bet you there's some like, all right, we'll give a little bit on this year and maybe we can get some more guaranteed money in the future, which kind of helps Nick. I mean, I, I think it really comes down to, I think the funny thing is, I think the money is the easiest thing to work out because it's just pretty cut and dry. You're coming off a knee injury. Here's where we are financially. You know what we mean to you, but until you get to demonstrate your value on the field, there's not a lot we can do. 
there's not the need to pay him $15 million a year. Right. Like there might've been if he is just a hundred percent healthy this year. And, and I also think like from the Browns perspective, and I think it's even more in doubt right now, just in terms of usage going forward Now you mentioned, well, can he, I, I don't need, like, I, I think you're going to start the year probably with Jerome Ford, uh, Pierre strong, and maybe another back on the roster. Yeah. Cause he'll and, probably start the year on uh PUP. Yep, and it wouldn't surprise me when he comes back if there was a slow build towards the middle of the season where at the beginning they are using Nick Chubb for 10 carries and Jerome for 6 carries. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I think you're actually in the best possible scenario with Nick that you can be because you demonstrated his value to you. Like, if the Browns had just kind of – if we didn't see the Batman thing on – uh, Thursday night football, there were other moments that they brought him out to make him a part of things so everybody could see him, so the fans could see him. If if the Browns were really planning on moving on from him, they would not have done that. And I think the Browns almost went out of their way, and, and, and this is a, it's a testament to them, to continue to let Nick be the face of the, the squad because of his popularity, because of what people love. And I think everything beyond that, his role, how does he fit in the offense, how does he fit with Deshaun. Like, I think that's stuff that – and this I don't know Browns fans are going to love this because it's not the simplest answer, right? which is just go run his ass off again. But I, I think all of that stuff is going to have to work itself out. And I think that's actually you – know, we talked about the new offensive coordinator. I think maybe the toughest thing the new offensive coordinator has to figure out is maximizing Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson at the same time because it has been the thing – Stefanski's offense – has failed to do the last two years. I would agree with that. The Again, it, to me, it goes back to how will Nick's body respond physically once he gets back on the field and how, you know, they'll ease him back in. You know, he, he's, he's not coming out and they're not going to give him 20 carries right out of the gate. It's going to be, we'll give you five carries, maybe then 10, that you know, ramp, ramp you back up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just – can he cut the way he used to cut? Can yep. he run guys over the way he used to run guys over and stuff like that? The hope is, right, best-case scenario is he comes back, he's the same guy. But there's a part of me that is trying to be fair and realistic about the expectation that he's probably not going to average five yards a carry going forward. Um, uh, You know, he's probably not going to be outrunning secondaries like we have seen him do in the past going forward because again he is coming off a second on the same knee this isn't the other knee got done yeah this is the same knee that had this significant severe injury which by the way by some grace of god i don't know how it wasn't worse than as terrible as the acl the mcl and your meniscus is right I don't know how it wasn't worse than that mm-hmm. um, after seeing that. So, yeah, I it it is a it, it's a tough spot for Andrew Barry. Yeah, the money part, yeah, money takes care of itself, yeah. right? If the two parties really want to do business together, they're going to do business together, right? If someone doesn't want, guess what? They'll find the excuse to hit the eject button and, and move on. And I there's no indication whatsoever that that's the case here. They're going to take care of Nick Chubb. What is going to be fascinating is the mechanism that they use to do it. 
Yeah, how much money? How long does the deal go? And I also think, like, I think the toughest adjustment necessary that's going to happen is actually Browns fans in the event. And it, it, if if Nick looks close to who he was, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. And I think then but it becomes... But if he's running for a yard in a cloudy yeah. dust... Well, but what I mean is, if he looks close, that's almost a tougher scenario for the Browns because you know he doesn't give you the same advantage, but Browns fans are going to, hey, he looks close to who he was. Right. Why is he splitting carries with Ford? Why is he doing this? And I think... I think that role change. Well, the, is the be reason is is because they're trying to prolong the guy's career now. You can't you can't do what you did early in his career, right? Where the offense was so run dependent, mm-hmm. right? And they were just leaning on Nick Chubb to carry the load with Baker Mayfield. That's not the case now. Nick Chubb now is an accent piece offensively, and I and I and I mean that is a compliment. Mm-hmm. He now becomes an accent piece because you want you want to take mileage off of him. If you can, right? The other thing that helps the Browns uh, from a business perspective is the running back market is hot garbage. It has been the last couple of years. Uh, One of Nick's best press conferences he's ever held was at the Greenbrier when we had the conversation with him about running back pay and how elite backs in the game are getting the short end of the stick uh, when it comes to being fairly compensated. I I thought what he had to say on the the matter was beyond spot on, but um, I, I've, again, there's going to be a happy medium here. These two will get it done. I'm not worried about it, and I thought Andrew Berry did a good job making that known to Browns fans. Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com, joins us now. Mary Kay, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Uh, other than randomly coughing into a microphone about four times an hour, we're doing really, really well. I hope you're doing well as well. Uh, what stood out most to you of what you heard from Andrew Barry today in Berea? Well, one of the most interesting things uh, I thought he said was, you know, something that I basically knew all along and had been writing that uh, they would welcome Joe Flacco back with open arms. Joe would love to be back. And he does believe that Deshaun and Joe could coexist. I, you know, I thought that was uh, one of the most important things. I never thought they couldn't. Uh, they're two professionals. They got along really well, even in the last five weeks of the season and into the playoffs. So I never that thought that that was going to be an issue. I know some people uh, try, you know, to make it one, but I don't think it is one. Uh, the thing with Joe is, you know, money will be a factor and other opportunities will also be a factor just like they were for Jacoby Brissett. What do you think Joe will prefer? Going somewhere where he can be a, a mentor to a young quarter, uh, young QB as, a, as the bridge guy? and make a little money or the opportunity to well stay with an organization that he i think really fell in love with and uh you know has an opportunity to be part of a an immediate winner well he's going to have to see what kind of opportunities come along if the opportunity is going to be there to make bridge starter money like it was for Jacoby and if the opportunity is going to be there to possibly start some football games, then he would prefer that just the same way Jacoby did. I mean, Jacoby loved it here and everybody loved him. But, you know, when somebody offers you $8 million and a chance to start football games, you're going to go for that. So I think that's what it'll be for Joe. But nobody called him in the first 10 weeks of the season. So, you know, did he do enough in the last five games and playoffs this year to show a team that he can be that bridge starter for them? Uh, or, you know, will they think that, 
all the conditions had to be right and there were extenuating circumstances or whatever. I don't know. But, um, you know, it remains to be seen if he will get those kinds of opportunities. But he, if he does, he would certainly probably grab one. We do have a little bit of uh, interesting news to, to come along here as Zach Jackson uh, just tweeted out and is reporting, as I'm sure you've heard, Mary Kay, and I'm sure as you've heard, Daryl, uh, the Browns are working to hire Tommy Reese as tight ends coach. He'll have a role in the overall development of the pass game. His exact title is unknown, and the hire is not official yet. He is uh, 31 years old. He was Alabama's OC last year. He was uh, Notre Dame's offensive coordinator two years ago. So I'm just curious is, you know, how many – how quickly should we expect the the staff to come together as we get word of the first hire, Mary Kay? Well, you know, the, the dominoes are beginning to fall. And so, uh, you know, you will see these hires being made now over the next week. I would think that uh, throughout this week, you know, they would probably like to have things uh, somewhat wrapped up. So, um, so yeah, it's, you know, I, I didn't have this myself yet. That's, you know, that's, uh, Zach's news so you know that's great and uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come as we go through the week when it comes to the offensive coordinator I know there's a lot of talk about this but I and I know Andrew Barry put an emphasis earlier today about hiring the right people but do you think that Deshaun and experience with Deshaun will be considered a a feather in a candidate's cap for the OC job no, I don't think that that is something that, you know, that they're going to be uh, requiring. It's not a priority. It's not something that they are looking at. They just want to get the best people in here. And, um, you know, and that that's basically it. They just want someone who's going to be able to bring out the best in Deshaun, not somebody who necessarily has worked with him before. So, Mary Kay, what, what can the Browns do to really unlock Deshaun as he comes back from this uh, this shoulder injury. Obviously, the offensive coordinator thing, I, I think, plays a big, big part in this. Um, they went back in the lab last offseason. Kevin Stefanski and AVP. Now Stefanski's going to have to do it this year with someone new. But just from your perspective, and you know, what can they do to get Deshaun to look like the superstar they gave the $230 million to? Well, you know, the first thing is that, you know, he's got to come back healthy. He's got to rehab the shoulder. He's got to get back to where he was from a physical standpoint. And I've tried to find other, um, you know, precedents for this kind of shoulder injury. But, um, you know, I, I haven't really seen any other quarterbacks that have had this kind of shoulder injury. So it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. And, um, you know, I think that's the number one thing for them. This is our uh, busiest time of year, not in season, but the off season every year. And Andrew Berry mentioned it today too. Uh, the turnover with uh, the rosters—it's just a part and parcel. How much turnover do you think that the Browns um, are going to have this off season? Usually, it's a third of the roster. What are you thinking? Uh, you know what I—I um, I do think that there will be, you know, a fair amount of turnover. Um, and, you know, they have a lot of decisions to make with guys like, you know, Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb and, you know, Jack Conklin and some of these other injured guys. So, um, you know, these are, these are things that they're, they're going to have to, um, work through and there's plenty of it. 
and um, there's always a lot of turnover. So the vibe that you got this year will definitely be different next year. Mary Kay, when it comes to the biggest areas here where the team feels like they need to get better, last year was so clear, right? It was the D-line, it was wide receiver. Do you think the needs are as clear going into this offseason or maybe as plentiful as they were last year? Um, you know what? It, it sort of it sort of depends. Um, you know, I I think they need a receiver. I think they need a really good receiver. I think they need a uh, an experienced backup quarterback. I think they need another pass rusher. Uh, so you know, these are all things that that they're going to have to um, you know keep an eye on and take care of over the next uh, couple of months. And it, you know, it's going to be a big off season because, as I mentioned before, they have to deal with you know, the Nick Chubb situation. And, you know, he mentioned, Andrew did today, that, you know, that he would like to have uh, Nick back and they don't want that to, you know, be something that, you know, they don't want to part ways with Nick Chubb like that. You know, they don't want to end his career uh, with him taking his last snap like that in Pittsburgh. So, you know, that's something that they're going to have to work on. But, um, yeah, there will be plenty of of things to do in the offseason. And like I said, not the least of which, will be, I think, uh, a really, really good receiver, another weapon for Deshaun. With um, with Chubb, with Amari, what do you think the most uh, likely outcomes are going to be there? Are they Can they keep these guys? Uh, obviously, they want to keep Nick. Andrew made that very clear today. Amari's, uh, I think, a little bit of a, a different scenario because, as you mentioned, they need another weapon in that receiver room. So how how do you think that's going to shake out with Chubb and Amari? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Um, you know what? It, it's, it's hard to say at this point. Um, it, it's really hard to say exactly how any of that's going to go right now. But we know that Amari has a cap hit of $24 million. And so you just never know how, how that's going to go. I think that they're going to have to try to maybe trade for a receiver or, or sign a veteran. 
um, you know, one way or another, I think they're going to have to bring, uh, you know, just another guy in here. And that might involve restructuring Amari's contract, um, you know, to try to bring that number down a little bit. But uh, lots, plenty of decisions to make. Mary Kay, I, I know it's super early in this, but the, the Browns have three potential starting tackles on the roster right now with uh, two guys they're paying quite well right now, Jedrick Wilson, Jack Conklin, and then uh, the the sensational rookie, Dewan Jones. I'm just curious whether or how much emphasis the Browns are going to put on bringing two of those three guys back, or do you think you can bring all three back? Um. You know what? You know, I, I think that they can. I, I think they probably can. I, I don't think that will be much of an issue. The thing with the, the Cleveland Browns is, you know, whatever they need to do from a financial standpoint, they're always able to go ahead and do it. So, you know, I, I don't think that, um, you know, that there's any financial constraints whatsoever. I don't think there are any issues with, um, you know, cap problems or whatever. They're the most brilliant capologists in the NFL. How fast uh, are they going to get the extensions for Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski done here? Do you think? Yeah, those should those should happen fairly quickly. I, I really think that um, you know before too long, those guys will be wrapped up for the long term. Mary Kay Cabot on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So obviously, this year they're going to have this is the last year that they don't have a first round pick. And uh, as next year, they actually get one again. It's been a nice little uh, hiatus there. I'm curious whether that late first round, or sorry, that late second round pick, how the Browns look at the draft again this year. As last year, it really seemed like they were pretty content to just stay where they were. Could we see the Browns be more aggressive in moving around this year? Um, you know what? It's hard to say. They still, they're still working off of not having that first round pick and, you know, that's difficult. So, um, you know, it's hard to, you know, to go into a draft knowing that, you know, you can't get the best of the best. So, you know, it's, I think they have the opportunity to trade up, to trade back. Uh, they can do any number of things, but, um, you know, Andrew's always very, very aggressive in acquiring picks, acquiring players. So he will do, you know, whatever it takes. Mary Kay, uh, you're fantastic as always. Really do appreciate you and have a lovely week. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Mary Kay Cabot on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Um, so Contract the- extensions incoming for Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry. Which yes. is the, it's not surprising. They've both earned it. I mean, this is the most successful regime that the Browns have had in place, not only in the expansion era, but you have to go all the way back to the Marty Schottenheimer era. Yep. That's a long time ago. So we're going to we're gonna have some of Mary Kay uh, react to some of what she had to say. I just think the Tommy Reese thing's really interesting. And, you know, again, the Zach Jackson tweet is Tommy Reese is going to be the tight ends coach. There could be an additional part of his title. Uh, people are pointing out to maybe passing game coordinator, um, which would be interesting. That would kind of maybe belie that this is going to be a split role and that, you know, maybe you have like a senior offensive assistant that is maybe specifically of a third role, which is more of a play caller. I'm just spitballing on that. Third or part. maybe they're not going to go get a play caller. Yeah. Which would be, I don't know. It's just, I it, don't think they're going to get a play caller. Why not? It's what Kevin does best. Um, then that is what Andrew said. And we'll, we'll get a little bit more of that in the five o'clock hour. I just think, 
here I'm intrigued by the Tommy Reese thing because he is I mean, he got Saban to hire him and there's a guy who five no, no, no. Eight years ago was a starting quarterback at uh at Notre Dame. So the idea at thirty one, he's ready to make this, you know, that that's what he's been able to do by the age of thirty one, Notre Dame and Alabama offensive coordinator. By the Brian way, Kelly loves him. Is I, there anyone left in Alabama right now? It it seems like it <laughs> It seems like everyone has jumped ship after Nick Saban's retirement. Um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one because I don't know of any names. And and a lot of them are in Columbus, Ohio. I don't hate it. Columbus, Ohio. I don't hate it at all. (laughs) Uh, The speed with which the the Browns coaching staff could be evolving here. We did get the Zach Jackson report in the middle of it. Tight ends coach. Uh, That seems to be the role for Tommy Reese, the former uh, Alabama Notre Dame offensive coordinator. There is still room for a running back coach, maybe a quarterback's coach somewhere in there as well. Who knows? Maybe a play caller. Um, yet another thing. I'm going to cross that one off. Um, well, wait. About- if, if, you, if, you're have, if you're dividing stuff up. No? Yeah, no. Well, that's good because we've got uh, about 45 minutes until we have that conversation. So hold that, please. Uh, and we'll have that argument when it comes. Um but I just think it's interesting, like I, you know, like the Tommy Reese thing, like all the names. It's so funny. You mentioned the the offensive coordinator names. There's just not a lot yet that I've just heard that 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 drives it for me, and which then again would lead me to question why the hell were these jobs open in the first place? If like, if you can't do better than Alex Van Pelt, and when I say can't, if you're not willing to find somebody who could be better than Alex Van Pelt, then why did you fire Alex Van Pelt? But like. I know the Browns understand they need to rework the offense, but I think how they fill these jobs is going to go a long way into getting a picture into how, what they prioritize in that. And I think that, and and so I don't know, I'm going to like the answer is what I'm saying. When, when, when they finally give us what, whatever they're planning, I don't know when we know what they prioritized. I don't know. It's going to make me, you or any Browns fan necessarily all that happy to. Well, remember last year they did rework the offense with Alex Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to do it again with whomever they hire along with these other assistant coaches that they're going to mm-hmm. throw into the mix. Um, and I don't know. Like, yeah, you, you do evolve some things, right, year to year. And I always go back to what Joe Thomas uh, when he was with the Browns, what he would talk about when they would go through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And he would just lament the fact that, you know, every year we're stuck going back to preschool with our systems, mm-hmm. with the n- new coaches and the new quarterbacks. And the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Bengals are all in graduate school with theirs because they've been together for years and years and years and years. And so they can really develop and perfect their offensive system. And I I think that what will be interesting to see here is how much of an overhaul they do to the offense. Unfortunately, the sample size this past season to see the fruits of last offseason labor is very small because they had to change course early on when Deshaun suffered the first injury. Well, remember, not only that, but they also had to change course because – they reverted a little bit offensively because the the uh, weather conditions for the Bengals. Right. Um. You they didn't feel comfortable enough in spread components against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh was so good at getting after the quarterback and right. all their blitzing and stuff that you kind of saw them again go more of a bunch concept, much more of a you know Deshaun play action pass kind of thing. Even when he was out of uh the 
the shotgun. So, like, even then, that small sample size of five games Deshaun truly played it's in, now it's not really to, three games. Yeah, and so that's that will be um, something to watch this offseason and going into training camp next year is just how different do things look, right? We talked earlier in the show about the, the clip of Deshaun on the podcast with Cam Newton where he talked about preferring uh, not using scripts at the mm-hmm. outsets of games. And he wants to, as you like to put it, choose his own adventure early in games, right? And that's all well and good. Then if that's what he's comfortable with, then that's, I think, what they need to work toward this year uh, is finding things. Now, that's not to say that you can't script some of those concepts that Deshaun really, really is comfortable with and loves to run. Then, you, then to me... You make sure that that's the stuff you work on in practice and that you put in your early scripts. Because I, I, to me, going into a game without a script, it, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I just think some of the stuff, it just doesn't have to be that hard. Right. And, and, like, uh, I don't... and sometimes you can have paralysis by analysis. Yeah. You, well... can't, you can overanalyze things and you can overthink things. And sometimes as you <laughs> – it isn't that hard. Yeah. It's not as – like – doesn't need to be well, that I, hard. I also think this is where style points and, and stylistic fit matters. Like, I think early on with Kevin, and this is where I'm this is a, a point I'm gonna make about Kevin the head coach, not Kevin the OC, and I'm going to I'm gonna draw a comparison from the two. Early on with Kevin, it felt like Kevin would rather lose his way than than win the available way on the field at the time. And Dustin, I've had a few things on this, and Dustin's point has always been, well, it's not an intentional thing. He's not choosing to lose. He just might not know how to do that thing yet, And which I think bore fruit this year. I thought Kevin won in a lot more different ways this year because of all the different nonsense around the team with the injuries and juggling quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. He he had to adapt. He had to win. It, like You can really dice up this season in about four different ways that he had to win differently. So when we compare that to Kevin as the the play caller or Kevin, the offensive coordinator, or how, whatever you want to call his role as, as, you know, head of the offense, I do think like this is where I want to see that growth from him. You know, he loves on schedule throws. He yeah. loves, you know, he grew up in that, that uh, Gary Kubiak offense of, play action and getting everybody involved and you just have to make this throw at this time. Well, okay. That's, that's what you do best as a play caller. Maybe that doesn't line up with what your talent is. And I don't think, and by the way, it's not just about Kevin. I think it's also imperative that, you know, they take a, a, a better look at how they, some of the receivers that they look after, you know, like I, I listen, I think in the end, I think a, a talented receiver is a talented receiver. I think you saw this year, Amari and Deshaun together made huge strides. Yes. Where they were this year from a year previously where I wondered if they fit together. And and look at Amari and Joe Flacco. Yes. And how well that yes. fit together. So I think when it comes to the Andrew side of things, it's okay. We tried to go cheap on the Marquise Goodwin thing. There were health issues. It just didn't work out. Right. Even Elijah Moore, we tried to be cost effective. It just didn't really work. Gave up a second round pick. That's not cheap. Yeah. So 
I think that is going to be the next part of this is, all right, what are the final touches? How can we make the offense fit perfectly? And why didn't we ask that question two years ago? And then, um, but more importantly, okay, what other players can fit around Deshaun that are going to make him even more comfortable? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.